We are the co-hosts of the Inch by Inch, the Home Comfort Show, presented to you by Peter Inch and Associates, uh, heating and air conditioning. Thank you for listening today, and we hope uh, you will be able to listen every Saturday morning from 9 to 10, as we provide you, our listeners, with some information about your heating, air conditioning, and maybe a little bit about curling. Maybe not today, though. We'll see. <laughs> and um, also, just um, most importantly, We'd love to answer your questions, so if you can send them into us at um, inchbyinch at peterinch.ca, we can answer them on the next uh, Saturday show. Uh, so um, if you can give us an opportunity, please send that to us. How are you today, Mr. Timothy? I'm very good, Steve. How are you this morning? I'm great. Um, just to let our listeners know, uh, Peter was uh, called in sick, so... Um, You're stuck with me. Not as well. <laughs> The uh, show must go on. As it must say. go on. So here we are today um, as we're doing this, we're getting ready and um, yeah, we're just going to see what we can do in Peter's absence and hopefully uh, it, it goes well. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if you could just refresh our listeners, um, Dean, what is your role here at the company, Peter H. Associates? I'm one of the uh, sales associates here. So I help individuals with their heating, cooling and any sort of water heater needs, air quality, that sort of thing. Cool. And uh, you've been we've been open since January the fourth. Correct. And yeah. How are things been going for you? Been going well. Excellent. Been going well. Little yeah. uh, little quieter right now in the in between seasons than we'd probably like, but it's typical. Yeah, but it's the, always this, typical. This fall weather. Like this, the other day it was twelve degrees when I woke up. Yeah, it's going to pick up. Yeah. Well, we already are picking up. Yeah. And um, so um, you're also, you've just personally, you've, you've got an RV that you love to do. I do. Yeah. It's out right now, actually. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Oh. It's gone to Grand Canyon. Is it really? It is. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, that kind of strikes me as curious. Uh, what kind of mileage does that, do you put on one of those a year? I'm not sure. We haven't had it for a full year yet. It's only six months old. Well, but um, we've got, I think it's 18,000 kilometers we put on it this year so far. Is that not, right? not just us, of course, but right. yes. Okay. Yeah. And that's that, that's rented through a site that... Correct. We rent it through a site called RVZ. Okay. A little plug for RVZ there. <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, you can rent all kinds of different... Uh, Tent trailers to trailers to just motorhomes just yeah basically anything it's it's airbnb for for rvs is what it is. and of course you and you and your wife lisa get first choice of when you want to use it correct? absolutely yeah absolutely that's the reason we did it okay yeah it's it's pretty cool all right so and um it's so now you've got renters and they they're at the they're in the grand game yeah we've got a, a couple um well a couple of ladies actually that took it out um, a woman came to us and she wanted to travel down to the Grand Canyon and she's from Australia but living in Canada for 20 years and one of her better friends in when she was in Australia came over and the two of them have taken it down to through the states down to Grand Canyon right now they're in their they're just starting their second week with it right now over a three-week time well that's really cool yeah, yeah. Man, I can't wait to see the pictures I, well, yeah that's awesome and so then at some point in time, you have to put it away for the winter, I take it, right? Or... Uh, well, we don't have to. It is fully winterized, but um, we uh, we doubt we're going to get the same traction in the rentals over the winter as we do now. But that'll be some time that Lisa and I will take it out. Like Lisa's, we blocked off the uh, 
um, Thanksgiving weekend. Nice. So my daughter Abby and Lisa are going to go to Michigan and they're going to tour around a little bit, take some fall pictures and things like that. That sounds actually, that yeah. sounds wonderful. Little trips you normally wouldn't do if you didn't have something. Like I, that. I guess not, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. So that's, that's been, that's been great for you guys. Yeah, it's been fun. Okay. It's been really cool. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a bit of a glamper. I, you know, I've I've done tenting, uh, but really, um, my tent days are long behind me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Very just, long behind me. Yeah, I just don't know if I can. Um, yeah. Well, you certainly are glamping in this thing. Okay. With the full full bathroom, full kitchen, shower, everything. You're not you're not roughing it. Like I do, I I love my kayak and I love everything about kayaking. I just you know the something about being in a tent on the ground and uh, just it 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 really it's. It's not as attractive as it used to be. No, my tent days are back. Yeah, they're in the rear view now. Yeah, you are. Well, you were, one point in time you were, you were looking at maybe getting a kayak carrier for your unit. We're still toying with the idea. Lisa right. likes to kayak, and so do I. Um, we're still toying with it. There's a place we saw this really cool kayak. There's a guy in um, in New Jersey somewhere that uh, allows you to put them vertically on the back. Like wow. we're, we're already over 11 feet high, so we really don't want to put anything on top, and that's where all the solar panels are. Right. Um, well, we yes, could so mount them on the side. Yeah, but then that's Yeah, too. it is, especially with the mirrors. And you got a rear view mirror in that thing, so you got to be careful with that. Wow, okay. So you want to make sure you can see. <laughs> right. I see. So if they're standing upright in the back, then they just have to be uh, low enough that they're going to... Um, well, we're 11 and a half feet high now, so you wouldn't want anything over 12 feet back there. Right. Well, because, a 12 foot kayak is plenty big enough. Yeah. Anyways, right. So, well, you would know that better than I would <laughs> then, <laughs> at this point. Like a 12 footer, um, that's, but that's from the ground up. So Correct. You'd probably only want a 10 foot kayak because you're going to have to be off the ground by a foot or two. Right. And it is angled a bit, so you do get a little bit that way, okay. but you wouldn't want much bigger than that. That's what he said on the YouTube video I watched, is you wouldn't want much over 12 feet. 12 feet. Yeah, that's what okay. he said, but the way it sits. That's kind of cool. And it's on an arm, too, so it doesn't restrict you from opening up the back to get to the garage or anything like that. So. Oh, wow. So mm -hmm. that, And then maybe, you know, that might be... Because sometimes it's, I mean, you'd have to have a carrier to get it up on your roof. You'd Correct. Have like yeah, you would. Where if they're standing up right at the back, you know, they're, the kayaks aren't heavy. They're more awkward. awkward than they are anything else. So yeah. to stand one up would be fairly easy, I would think. Yeah, I, wouldn't, I don't think it would be that difficult. It was well, kind of neat, the, the whole carrier thing you made. It was cool. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Okay. Well, um, also, um, thanks for that. You're welcome. We, uh, we we just finished a very long, well, I say we, I only had to work two shifts. So I, I really came out of it looking pretty good, but we just came out of a very long stint at the Western Fair. We did too. Peter was the one that took the brunt of that one. Right. And so um, Tourism London uh, was promoting the Briar, which was uh, coming up next March for yep. curling fans. That's the Men's Canadian Championship. And um, we... we we were dragging our street curling game around, and, and uh, they paid for a spot for street curling. Yes, they did. So then there's the onerous task of volunteering the street curling game for 10 days at the Western Fair. Yeah, and it was an onerous task. Yeah. Uh, people who don't understand that the curling game really takes three people to run it smoothly and keep uh, lines running through it uh, effectively. So, I mean, if, you, if you're thinking, and you really only 
can can do that for a short period of time because your feet start to yeah you're on concrete floors and you're just standing and and yeah, yeah. It, it takes it takes it on the legs and the feet for sure so there was a lot of volunteers that uh, put in some time as well as some of our partners as well put in time uh, to make that all happen so I just want to give a shout out to everybody um, that helped with the curling game at Western Fair. Yeah, we really appreciate it. It was an attraction and it was busy because yes. it's, again, you know, for a fair like that, it's one of the few things they don't charge a ton for. Well, that was, <laughs> that was kind of funny because we were there, I was there on this, on the last Saturday of the fair and uh, this, these people came up and just said, oh, that was absolutely awesome. Just awesome. Thank you. That's, this is the best game of the fair. Well, one of the reasons because it's free. Yeah. Uh, but. It really is. I mean, uh, a lot of people came away with a new understanding and knowledge of what curling is, so that was exciting. Well, it was also really exciting to see the number of people who picked up the brochures. Like, I, I was there last weekend, both Saturday and Sunday, and a couple of nights during the week. And there was a number of people that picked up the pamphlets for the Learn to Curl program and, and getting information for their kids to get them into the game. Yeah. So we just want to say just a huge thank you for that, and um, you know, thank you for Tourism London because mm -hmm. it was a, it really is a great uh, piece of equipment to promote curling. And it was a popular it, spot. Yeah, it allows people to really kind of figure that out. So we just want to say thank you for that. Um, so at this point in time, we're just going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to the Inch by Inch, the home comfort show presented by Peter Inch and Associates, heating and air conditioning. When we're not on the radio, you can reach us at 226-499-3752 or always online at peterinch.ca. Um, to listen to our show, you can listen uh, to any one of our shows. You can go to our, our website at peterinch.ca and hit the podcast button at the top of the homepage. Uh, so um, I'm Steve Gilbert. This is Saturday, September the 24th. This is our 34th show, and I have Mr. Dean Timpany across the table from me. Hey, Dean. Hi, Steve. So I just want to say uh, thank you uh, for coming in, Dean, on short notice. Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, we were talking about the fair. Yes. Right. And? It was a big surprise for me. The fair's changed a lot since I was a child. Yeah, it really has, It right? was more of a midway. I was surprised at the just the lack of the interior stuff compared to years gone by. Yeah, there's yes, it's certainly but and there was a lot of people, like tons was, of people. Yeah. Like it was packed and I was there on the last night on Sunday evening and the indoor building, the Agriplex where we were closed at nine o'clock and the midway closed at ten and I was just dumbfounded at the number of people that were still in the building at nine they had to announce they had to announce that it was closing and basically ask people to leave and <laughs> the outside was still just jammed yeah like I, I expected it to die down but it didn't yeah it was kind of cool yeah. um while we were there while i was there on the last saturday there was a, a lady that came up one of our listeners uh, which was great um and she was just looking for some i want to give her a shout out we wanted to give uh, she was looking for information on indoor air quality for her apartment okay yeah and uh i promised that i would talk to her about that um but apartments are different they're different animals 
Well, it's going to depend on the type of comfort system she has in the house, too, on what can be added, can't be added, and that sort of thing. You might might be stuck with portable, but hopefully Right, and that's, that's the thing. So, you know, uh, portable, there's all kinds of portable stuff on there's, the market There's tons of portable yeah. stuff on the market today. I just got, I just had the pleasure of getting back from a conference in Ottawa the past few days, and IAQ was a big topic, as you can imagine, coming out of a pandemic. So, yeah, with the last couple of years, has really shined a spotlight on all of it. Yeah, and they were really uh, focused on, on uh, ventilation, so fresh air and filtration. Mm-hmm. Well, ventilation's become a big thing, too, as yeah. we've improved the efficiencies of our homes as well. Yeah. So, I mean... In her case, if she's trying to improve air quality, you know they make they make these portable HEPA cleaners. There's a lot of those on the right. market. Yeah, and so I mean that's certainly something that you know, if she didn't have ductwork in the house, we could recommend that for her. Yeah, there's even ones that have UV ability in them too. Yeah, they they, they do a little bit of everything, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, they're standalone units that have ultraviolet as well as filtration in them as well. Yeah, you just need to be aware that what you're buying really is a single room type piece of equipment. Yeah, in most cases. And, and they really, you know, they, they really they need access in order to filter air. So if, if you yeah. just if you close it up in a bedroom, it's not going to do anything else for the rest of the living room. But I mean, keep in mind that there's air movement when you're when you're in an apartment. Um, but you hope. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do hope. Some of them, not so much. But you, but you have to keep in mind that um, they really do need open concept if you're trying to achieve something. Absolutely. But the good thing about a portable, though, you can drag it from room to room, right? Yeah, you, you can move it around. It's a lot of them aren't that large, so they're not too too difficult to move. The bigger ones are only the size of even a uh, like a dehumidifier type appliance, which isn't that difficult to move either for most. But the big downfall on a portable unit would be noise. Yes, they are noisier. So if you're running a HEPA or one of these other units, I mean, and you're trying to watch TV or maybe you're trying to sleep. Yeah, uh, you're going to pump up the volume. Yeah. (laughs) So keep that in mind. I mean, if you're thinking about buying something like this, you really probably should try to find one and listen to it and just really to see what's involved. I mean, when we connect a... Uh, HEPA to your duct system for your home, uh, it's down in the furnace room. So you really don't necessarily hear that noise throughout the entire house. But I mean, it can, they can be loud if you're just going to run them as a portable. And you can, yeah, they, they can be loud, but you also got to make sure you're getting the one that's going to do what you're trying to target as well. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, do some research. If, if you, if you want our opinion, you can certainly give us a call and um, you can ask for Dean or myself or even Murray. Yep. Uh, and we can certainly answer yeah, those do. questions for you i would just i will actually you know i'll go online and look at the product first just to see what it what it does and because uh, there are so many out there yeah, there's there a are. ton of options yeah so just keep that in mind going forward uh if it's something that we carry we can certainly order it in for you and you can you know mm-hmm. for, for portable we would just you know you could just come and pick it up but yep. that's always options right tons of options with lots of things today yeah. that way so we're in a really awkward time of year. We are. So uh, I, I mean, um, you know, during the day it's hitting 25, 26. So your air conditioner may want to come on. Uh, but nighttime we're cooling off now. Well, yeah, we can. We gauge that with Murray. 
<laughs> he, he comes in wearing a parka and leaves with it over his shoulder. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, and it's confusing for consumers on a number of levels. Uh, one is, you know, what do they do? Maybe, they, you know, do they turn the furnace on? Do they turn their air conditioner? You know, they're really confused as to what they should do. Yeah, there, there's, yeah, because you... You like to have it, at least in my household, we like to have it on because we want the air circulation. Right. So we want one of the two appliances running most of the time. Um, however, there is that in-between window where you don't really require heat yet and you don't really need cooling anymore. Um, we run our fan All just, the time. To ma- yeah, just to make sure we're still getting air circulation throughout the house. And that evens the temperatures out for us. Right. And that seems good for you? It does. Yeah. yeah. And th- uh, the added benefits to running your fan all the time? Our filtration. You're going to filter your air 24-7. If you're not running a fan, you're only filtering it when the heat's on or when the cooling's on. Uh, so better humidity control. Better humidity control, better air circulation, better quality of air. There's all kinds of benefits yeah. with it. So, But keep in mind that some furnaces, some older technology, we don't really recommend the, f- the fan systems just because of their electrical use. I was going to say, we recommend it, but they may not like the electrical <laughs> bill. <laughs> Yeah, some are some older furnaces. The uh, electricity they would use would be similar to running your pool filter twenty four seven. Correct. So. Yeah, they're they're running AC power still on them. So it can be quite expensive. So I mean, keep that in mind. That and if you have an older furnace with that type of technology, you're probably looking that maybe it's time to upgrade that furnace. You wouldn't be sorry. No. No, you wouldn't be sorry. You'd be surprised. Um, I always get reminded, one of my first customers that I ever had in this industry, you'd be surprised because you live it for 20 years with a furnace. Yes. And you don't know what the bills could be compared to what you are. And you just think that this is what it is in today's world, but it doesn't always have to be. Right. Now, we were just talking about this just yesterday. You opened your gas bill the other day, right? I did. And it, it went down. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> It never seems to go that direction. So people are receiving what we what we kind of figure out forty percent increase on their. Mine was forty forty eight point six percent increase percent increase right, which is staggering. Enormous. Yeah, it, I was shocked, and I'm in the industry. Right. So part of that is cost of fuel, but there's a carbon tax that's the big one that's hit and we're right at the beginning of this carbon tax and things going on that's right so keep that in mind when you when you when you look at your bill just you'll you'll see the carbon tax portion and you need to be cognizant of that so um there's a lot of talk we've been talking a lot about um heat pumps uh, there's programs coming out uh, called hybrid heating systems, which are the use of heat pumps and furnaces. But there's a lot going on in our industry right now, and uh, the heat pump talk is not going to go away. It's not going away at all. It's going to pick up steam. Um, yeah. There's there's uh, very few people or are, are very few companies, I should say, are looking with air conditioning anymore. Everybody's gravitating towards the heat pump. Right. And so there's a new... There's some new programs coming out uh, soon, so keep that in mind. Be alert on that, um, and it, you know. Yeah, we're getting to take part in that pilot project again, like we did last year. Yes. Mm-hmm. So just keep keep in mind. I mean, nowadays, um, just be cognizant of what's going on. So uh, it's not not really a bad time to upgrade your equipment. No, it's not. Yeah. Not with the incentives that are available and. Heat pumps can be up to 300% more efficient. Yeah. 
So we're going to talk more about that when we come back, but uh, we're just going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Inch by Inch, the uh, home comfort show <laughs> presented by <laughs> Peter Inch and Associates, heating and air conditioning. Sorry, I'm not usually on this side of the table, so... Um, you forgot for a second where you were. I Well, I did, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I uh, just want to say uh, thank you. I've got uh, Dean Timpany across the table with me today, this morning, uh, on this beautiful Saturday, uh, and uh, we're talking about heating and air conditioning like we always do. Yes. Yeah. Now, you're not a curler, Dean. No, I am not. Okay. But uh, how is it that you work here then? Luck. <laughs> <laughs> I know heating and air conditioning and heat pumps. So it was kind of funny. Um, I uh, I was in Ottawa a few days ago. I got I got back, but there was a package waiting for me there on my desk. There was a package on your desk, and you were like a little kid in the candy store. Well, I really was. I um, every few years, um, it's time to upgrade my curling shoes. Yes. And yes. it's a, it's a big deal, really. Uh, and the rule is, as a curler, is you don't change your shoes halfway through a season because uh, shoes have a different feel to them. And so as you get comfortable with your shoes and your sliding delivery, and, and that's how you get your draw weight, all these things, uh, last thing you want to do is mess with that, right? I can understand. I, I can't understand the curling part, but I can understand the equipment part. Yes. Playing different sports. I can totally get that. Right. So... Um, Hence the importance of getting your shoes at the beginning of the curling season, right? I guess, yeah. <laughs> it would be the same as any other piece of equipment. You'd want it at the start so you can break it in properly. Yeah, so my I ordered my curling shoes. Uh, I This year I, I, was, I, I had uh, gold lines for the past few years. I really enjoyed them, but uh, this year I chose a different manufacturer completely. I went to uh, Balance Plus, and um, they're a very good shoe. And so think? I was. You hope. I, yeah, I hope. And so anyways, uh, I was waiting for them to arrive, and here they were on the desk, right? Right, rare and ready for you. Yeah, and I was pleased that Peter didn't open the package and investigate <laughs> because, you know, I just sometimes he would do that. So I was pleased about that. And so when I opened up, when I opened up the package, you were quite interested in... I'd never seen a pair before. Yeah. So, so you, you were joking about it this morning, but you, you just said, when, I went, when you asked me to look at my shoes, you said I was really reluctant and... A little bit hesitant to pass them to you. Oh, I, I, I kind of envisioned a hockey goaltender where somebody wanted to take a look at his equipment and they don't want <laughs> anybody else to touch them. You were hesitant to let me touch them, which was kind of funny. And then you just said, why don't you just see a slide down on the on the tile? And I said, you, no, D- Dean. This I was smart enough to know that you didn't want to scuff that, but I was teasing you about these it. These sliders <laughs> are brand new and they're not scuffed. They're perfect and i just want to i want to appreciate the way they look for the time being well i wanted you to just kind of slide down the tile like you were in the hack and see what you could do but you know what you come to st thomas curling club anytime and you can see me on the ice with those shoes yeah. speaking of ice i did see the ice that we've got put in the st thomas curling very nice club it right looks now. beautiful it does yes it looks beautiful kevin and his crew did a great job the logo looks beautiful yeah we have a logo in in yeah. set in the ice so we do uh st thomas curling club has uh, what we call in ice ads for businesses and so we purchased one of those ads and it's the decals right in the ice and one I of mean, the nicest logos i've ever seen it is it's beautiful yep absolutely gorgeous well i suppose we should talk more about heating and air conditioning right yes considering that's what they're tuning in for 
So they we, don't want curling advice from me. No. <laughs> we talked about um, difficult time of year. We talked about heat pumps. Um, uh, so, and then that heat pump conversation's not going away. And, and we talked about a higher gas bill because of carbon tax. So, when I was in Ottawa just this past uh, week, uh, <laughs> we got a chance to. Uh, we talk about where the future of the industry is going. We talk about labor shortages, um, and so if you have a, if you're a listener and, and you have someone, you a son or a daughter, a big thing about getting women in trades these days. Um, the trade is a going in the trades is a, a great career. It's a great life, and and we're starving for good people. We are certainly in a huge labor shortage these days, and uh, the whole industry is. So um, I encourage uh, anybody uh, to investigate being a tradesperson, um, and lots of opportunity for for women in trades. There is. I was in. The uh, hardware store the other day with Abby and I pointed out the the nice pink tools and everything and told her this would be great for you. It would. I, I wasn't able to sell that, but yeah. I tried. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot going on. Uh, the, the, the talk these days <laughs> is about climate, as we know, and uh, buzzwords in our industry are decarbonization, um, which is electrification and electrification. So uh, some of those ways that we can help uh, achieve those are. Uh, when we come to your home and you're looking at maybe a furnace, we're going to talk to you about heat pumps as well. Um, it's not, uh, we just, you just need to be aware of what's coming, what's on the marketplace. And um, the other thing that I found very interesting is the fact that part of this whole uh, transition into electrifying our homes and maybe electric cars and all these things is water heaters. Well, water heaters, but also making your home more efficient so we can support all all this going on. So there's a big proponent these days of making your home more airtight than even it is before. So mm-hmm. lot lot of lot of programs still on insulating your home and doing windows and doors and all those things. So uh, it's very interesting. And well, government's really pushing it. Well, and they have to. And and the more the more the more energy efficient you make your home, you're going to help reduce the cost of that fuel bill. Well, and the greenhouse gases going into our environment. Yes, all those things. Yeah. Right. Okay. So um, we have a few things in the mailbag that are that came in, um, and I I had circled this because it's the time of year when because we don't know whether heating or cooling or anything, but. Um, it's the humidifier. So I opened the damper for my humidifier just recently as the furnace will be turned on soon. Not sure where the dial should be set at. And that's a question that I'm sure you get, but I get all the time, Steve. The Every house is going to be a little different. The more sealed up your home, the less humidity you're going to require. But every house is unique. Every individual is unique in what you're looking for. But generally, you're probably looking somewhere between 25 and 45 percent. Right, and and really, every house supports you know, can can support. Some houses can support a lot more moisture than others. They um, can. Yeah, I find it kind of funny because uh, relative humidity in a home really wasn't in the forefront until we put the smart thermostat in. It wasn't. And the smart thermostat tells you humidity levels all the time. So now it's a concern, right? Yeah, people see it now. They didn't see it before, so it wasn't a concern. But now it's right there in front of them all the time. Yeah. And it is much more of a concern. 
And then uh, I, I also uh, I also love when we go into a person's home and and uh, I'm I've got my digital sling psychrometer and I'm measuring and um, I say, well, your your house is okay. I've got it at about you know thirty five percent. Oh, and then they bring out their they bring out their uh, award uh, yes hygrometer that they've had on the wall for thirty years and they're trying to have an argument with and you. That's that, a new one. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to have an argument with you that that. Their humidity level says it's this. Anyway, regardless, as um, humidity is a crucial thing, um, and we really, we really want to get it right for you. Well, you want to get it right, but it's also it eases the uh, the heating load as well. Yes, and maybe you can explain that just a bit. Yeah, people don't understand. Like, I, I always get a kick out of it, and it makes sense when you explain it. But in the in the winter time, we don't we're not as moist. In the summertime, we have an air conditioner, and it takes the moisture out of the air. But 30 degrees, 0% humidity is a beautiful day. 30 degrees, 90% humidity, I melt. But it's the exact <laughs> same temperature. And when you relay it that way, people can start, they, they really understand now that moisture holds heat. Yes. Because that 90% humidity day here in Ontario is not a fun day at all. No, it is not. So it moisture does hold heat. So the most, more moisture you have in your home in the wintertime, the more comfortable it is going to be. But again, you have to watch that because if your home is sealed up, you're going to start getting moisture on the windows and sweat. You got to really watch where your humidity levels are. Yeah, and that and that can cause other issues like mold on, on the windows. There can a, yeah. a multitude of issues yes. that way. Yeah. So um, really, but it, it it is time to turn our humidifiers on, or at least have them ready to be turned on. The red, ready is the key. I don't think you need it yet, but you're getting there. Yeah, we're oh. getting there. Well, thanks for that. Um, we do have to take another quick break, so when we get back, we'll talk more. Okay, we'll be back right after these messages. Welcome back to the Inch by Inch, the Home Comfort Show, presented by Peter Inch and Associates, Heating and Air Conditioning. My name is Steve Gilbert. This is Saturday, September the 24th, and I have Dean Timpany with me. Hey, Dean. Hi, Steve. Uh, so we're back. We're going to talk. We have, we're into some mailbag questions. Um, Thank you to our listeners that send those in to us, and uh, we just want to say thank you. Um, so I'm just going to jump right into this, uh, Dean, and just maybe get your insight into some of this stuff. Fire away. Okay. I cleaned and covered my AC for the winter. Does it matter if the breaker is left on, or should I shut it off? That's a question you get all the time, and it really depends on the equipment you have out there. If it's a newer air conditioner and a communicating system... If you shut it off, you're going to be calling us because there's going to be error messages that come <laughs> up. Um, it is in the past. It was always something that we advised people to do because right. there is a crankcase heater in there, and that crankcase heater can make the area warm. Right. And of course, it attracts vermin to nest in there, chew up all the wires, which right. of gets another invitation for us to come back out in the spring. Yeah, we, yeah but that doesn't happen until we yeah, in the springtime. In the springtime, yeah. yeah. You won't notice until it's too late. Yes. Yeah, when you want that cooling on and then there's nothing happens and then, yeah. The good thing, the, the smart thing there to answer that question would be is when you get your furnace maintained or your air conditioner maintained, ask the technician what their advice is on that. Yeah. They'll know what type of air conditioner you have and right. what is the best course of action yeah. for you there. For me, um, I just, uh, I, I have this fear that... Um, my tenants who love air conditioning because uh, Lexi's my tenants, I like that. Yeah, Lexi spent um, <laughs> my, my tenants is my daughter. And, and anyways, um, 
Lexi spent a lot of time, many years in Grand Prairie. So, you know, minus 40 weather is very comfortable for her. Not so comfortable for Dad. Yes. Um, so anyway, it's it's kind of interesting how you get used to that and how your body uh, just gets used to temperatures and everything. So anyway, she she prefers the house colder. I mean, she she I mean, really cold in the summertime with the air conditioning, and hence when heating season comes around, I like a warmer house. Uh, she tends to like it cooler. So it's just it's it's kind of interesting because of that fact alone. Um, I have this fear of an accidental startup when I have when I put the winter cover on my air conditioner. So when I shut my air conditioner down, I put the cover on it. Once I put the cover on, I snap the breaker off, and that's just I don't. It's a safety mechanism. I don't want my tenants to to my daughter to <laughs> to turn my air conditioner on with the cover on. Um, it you just it it. Nothing good's going to happen. There. It, it really isn't. Nothing good is going to happen with that. So it's kind of a safety precaution for me. Um, and but really, you, you can. My air conditioner is not a communicating one, so I don't have to worry about the air codes. But yeah, so that's just every. That's just the way I do it. And then I, I just have to remember when I take the cover off to turn the breaker back on. That or you're going to be calling somebody. Yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of a silly sale. That's, that's silly a service call, right? Our guys do it all the time. It when happens. They, they go out and the, they just go, well, have we found the problem, uh, Mr. Timothy. Click, turn yes. the breaker on, and away they go. People get some giggles out of that one, and they feel silly. Yeah, they sure but do. But it does happen. Myself included, right? Yeah, it happens. Or as Peter forgot to change his filter the other day, and his air conditioner froze up, which is, you know, it happens. <laughs> it happens to us. It happens to everybody. Right. So um, how? here's another question out of the mailbag. Uh, how long uh, should a water heater last? Um, they've never had a maintenance done on it. Uh, does it require maintenance uh, every so often? Maintenance on a general water heater, not so much. Maintenance on the newer ones. Um, there are heat pump water heaters now that are right. starting to come into play. They definitely need maintenance. Right. There are tankless water heaters. They definitely need to be flushed and maintained. Uh, you're basically putting a furnace on your wall there. So you really are. You, yeah. you need to really maintain those. The power vented tanks, the conventional tanks, there's not a lot of maintenance to do on those. Although you could drain them manually, and that would help get some of the sediment out of it. Yes. Which would allow it to operate more efficiently and better. But generally, that's not really done too often that right. I'm aware of. Um, life expectancy on a water heater, the conventional, the, the uh, power vented tanks... You're looking anywhere from 8 to 14, 12 years. Um, right. A lot of the insurance companies will start getting after you between 10 and 12 years. Yeah, and so they're being, they're certainly the insurance companies are being a lot more proactive. A lot more proactive about it because yes. they don't want to be insuring floods right. and things like that. Yeah. So generally, I would say somewhere between 10 and 12 years. Okay, awesome. Um, and the uh, you said the hybrid heat pump uh, water heater. So that's a... That's a new product that's out. It's it's new, um, newer to us, not as new in the States. Okay. I was reading an article the other day that up in Maine and Vermont, 60% of the water heaters are putting in up there now are heat pumps. Right. And so it's a, it's a water heat, electric water heater. Correct. So it, it helps with decarbonizing your home. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, it runs can run on electric element or can run on heat pump mode or it can kind of do a little bit of both if i'm understanding yeah correctly. it has a, it's it runs like a heat pump or an air conditioner in reverse um, same idea but um, it has an electric backup so if you're pulling more water than the heat pump can part portion can keep up with then it will put on the electric elements to make sure that you don't run out of hot water okay and we have those uh, we have those in stock we so, do yeah yeah and so some of the maintenance on that there's a there's a filter system in them because it's the heat pump is an active fan and compressor so uh, that air that's going through that has to be filtered yes it does right. yeah so there is some filtration requirements and general maintenance just like you would on any other piece of equipment furnace air conditioner heat pump that sort of thing that we would want to look at and make sure is operating as efficiently you're buying something like that for its efficiency absolutely you want to make sure it's running properly because if you if it's not maintained cleaned regularly you are paying for it it's just a matter of where you're going to end up paying awesome okay uh, another mailbag question. Uh, turned our furnace on recently. Uh, worked for a short time and then shut off and wouldn't come back on. Ooh, took the door off and heard a gurgling water sound. Um, is there a drain that 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 the homeowner can empty, or is this a technician thing? If your furnace is generally twenty-five to thirty years old or newer, then yes, there is a drain on it. Any sort of can. Um, combustion or, or sealed combustion high efficiency furnace is going to have drainage uh, you start taking a door off and hearing gurgling and things like that you're going to want to call a technician you want a <laughs> professional to look at that electricity or water. can i use liquid plumber or something like that well, electricity water gas i don't <laughs> re- i'm not going to be on the radio here and record saying that you should start playing with that stuff no i mean you want it, a professional it, looking as at i it. as i explained to customers I, uh, even on general maintenance on a furnace you've you've got a box in your house which injects raw fuel into it on a regular basis and then we ignite it absolutely yeah. you want to make sure that that's working properly uh, you want to make sure what you're touching and what you know <laughs> what's going to happen too it's not really something you want to start to it's not trial and error it's not what I'm trying it's to not say. it's not trial and error no so i mean uh, we we just allude to you know your furnace as you get in your home, you're, you recognize the sounds of your house. Everybody does. You, you recognize the sound of your refrigerator, your dishwasher, your furnace, your air conditioner. All those things make noise. And when all of a sudden, if you wake up one morning because they start making a different noise, that's, that's a, something's changed. That's something's a cause up. for concern. And it could be something really simple. Um, I mean, my brother called me because his outside air conditioner was noisy. And um, I just said, well, before you, before I send a tech out to you, wash it off and see if it quiets down. It's probably plugged, and it's having a hard time getting air pulling through it. So sure enough, it was caked, and uh, he washed it, and it went quiet again. So, I mean, sometimes there are simple things. Other times it's going to be something a little bit more complicated. It's still worth the phone call because... Yes. Even us at the office here, anybody answering the phone will give you some little hints on what it could be like that. Yeah. But uh, it's not a something you want to play trial and error on. And oftentimes, if you hear something, get on it quickly. It can be a small problem. You leave it, and it ends up being a big, big problem. problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, uh, Dean, for stepping in and uh, taking my role today. You're and, very welcome. Uh, I get Peter's spot, but it's good. Big shoes to fill for both of us. <laughs> It's been fun, though. Thank you very much. Awesome. So I uh, just want to say uh, thank you. When we're not on the radio, you can reach us at 226-499-3752 or always online at peterinch.ca. 
To listen to this show or any of our shows, go to the peterinch.ca website and hit our podcast button at the top of our homepage. And just remember, as we say at the shop, life is hard by the yard. Bye from Inch. Life's a cinch. We'll see you next week.